Morning, everyone, and very welcome to our Advent service this morning. Um, I have a few announcements to go through. This evening we have Life Lounge. Uh, us to talk about his work with Safe Zone. Uh, waiting for Sophie will again lead our worship, and it would be great after this morning's service to set up for Life Lounge. Thank you, and. This those who are wanting to help with prayer space will meet in the church at half past three. We'll actually meet in the quiet room on my left here at half past three. If you're interested, we do need volunteers. Even if you can just take a wee time or two that week, if you could offer us that. The 4th of December, it's Toy Sunday, when we'll be receiving gifts for the Vine Centre. Uh, and please note that uh, if you are thinking of giving a toy, uh, we can't give soft toys. Also, if you decide to bring a toy, please bring it unwrapped rather than wrapped. And uh, there's actually a letter from the Vine Centre just out in the hallway there, if you want to check about toys and guidelines, um, it's in the hallway. Okay, those are all of the announcements. And would the children like to come up and sit at the front? They've got special chairs here, so you can see better. You're not trying to look, pa look past somebody's head. To come up to the front, great, and take a wee seat. Brilliant. Okay. All right. You want to sit up at the front or you want to sit in the front row? It's up to yourselves. Okay. Right. Okay. Now, this is Advent Sunday. We start to prepare to focus on what? What do you think? We, yes? Christmas and the birth of Jesus. And the strange thing about it is that as we come up to Christmas, that sometimes when we should be coming closer and closer and closer to Jesus because we're celebrating his birthday, Sometimes with all the busyness and craziness of Christmas, it can actually pull, put, put us, push us away. So I've got the responsibility. I'm going to light a match here. Not to burn the church down, but to light a match because we do this on the first Sunday and Sunday. And then each Sunday, another kind It. And it's to focus on, and you hear Jesus. It's to focus on Jesus Christ. Okay, so I'm going to start by reading a little passage from the Old Testament. It's Micah chapter 5, verse 2. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, it's talking about where Jesus is going to be born. And this is hundreds of years this man is talking about before Jesus was actually born. But you, Bethlehem, though you're small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, ruler over the whole nation, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. So we're going to, let's just pray a minute, okay? Because Jesus is alive and he's well and he's with us this morning and we want them to feel welcome with us, don't we? We want them to feel at home with us. So we're going to ask him to come. 
Lord Jesus, we thank you that we're going to be celebrating your birthday uh, over the next weeks. Um, we thank you, Lord, for what that means. Um, Lord, we thank you, Jesus, that you are with us this morning. That, Lord, where two or three are gathered together, there you say you are in the midst, and you're with us here in this place. Please help us to be aware of your presence here this morning and make you the center of our service and, more importantly, the center of our lives. Amen. Okay, so we're going to stand. We're going to sing Once in Royal David's City. ask Linda to come and read from Matthew chapter 1 verses 21 to 23. Starting at Matthew chapter 1 verse 21. She will give birth to a son And you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. 
All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The prophet said, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Amen. Now, what I want to talk to you, first of all, this morning about is famous first words. There's a couple of people I want to look at, and their words have gone down in history, and they're famous first words. Now, the first one you probably will know. We have the wee PowerPoint there. First word. Anybody know who that is? And he was coming down from. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. I was so impressed that I got this from my wallpaper boy. The one on the left was all over my, all over my bedroom. Neil Armstrong, famous first words. The next man, though, you probably won't have heard of. Uh, hold on, I check. <laughs> Reginald Fessenden. Anybody know who Reginald Fessenden was? No, yeah. <laughs> okay. He was, he was the father of radio. And what he was responsible to do, for doing was that when men, sailors were out at sea and in the ocean, he managed to get through the radio station he managed to send out signals about the weather, whether it was going to be a stormy day or a nice day. But it always came through Morse code, which sounds a bit like da da dash, da 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 dash. It's not very personal, sure it's not. So what he wanted, what he wanted to do was he wanted to be Over the radio, they were chapter 2, verse 14. Luke chapter 2, there he is, Reginald Fessenden, Luke chapter 2, verse 14. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. I know of other men that were out looking after sheep, and that happened. Well, here they were out in the ocean, away from their homes, away from their families at Christmas, and suddenly through the darkness of the night, this piercing noise coming through the radio, the words, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. 
Now, boys and girls, does anybody know what this is? Yes, it's a book, you're right. It's a Bible. And the, in the Bible, we have the Old Testament and we have the New Testament. But does anybody know that in the, between the writing of the Old Testament and the writing of the New Testament, yes, Jesus was born at the beginning of the New Testament, but between the Old and the New, there were 400 years. And those 400 years, God had been hurt by his people's disobedience. And for 400 years, God did not speak to the nation at all. There were no prophets in those 400 years. God was absolutely silent. And you know how God broke the silence? God broke the silence after those 400 years by the cry of a little baby in Bethlehem. That's how God broke the silence. There was a famine of the word of God. And then, oh, hold on. The silence is broken by the cry of a little baby. And then John the Baptist. John the Baptist, as he grew up, he started to tell people the words of God and prepare for, prepare for who? Jesus coming. Isn't that amazing? So what we're going to do now is we're going to stand, we're going to sing, O Little Town of Bethlehem. Bethlehem was a really small, sleepy little town, and the Hebrew name, it means house of bread. Beth means house, and Lechem means bread, house of bread. And Jesus would one day say, I am the bread of life. And he was coming to Bethlehem. So let's stand. We're going to... Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. We haven't got a band yet. And I've got some instruments here. Would you like to come up to the front? You want to pick a wee instrument? You can play away. This is our worship team. Town of Bethlehem. That's done.
succeeded. Great, you did great. So much percussion going on there. So much percussion. I want you, right, I want you to promise me something. That whenever your music teacher says in class, who wants to learn a musical instrument? You put your hand up, right? You learn a musical instrument and Karen and Peter will sign you up. <laughs> we'll promise you, we'll sign you up on the band, okay? Right, I'm going to ask Michael. Um, now, Michael Brackenridge is going to come up and do something very exciting for us. Okay, folks. Um, every year in Ballycrocken, uh, it's always been a tradition that we give children in P1 a Bible. Um, we also distribute Bibles to our young people who are in year eight. That's their first year in big school. Uh, we also give to those who've joined during the year. Um, I know that you all think that we just sneak out every Sunday morning and have Diet Coke and Barry has large quantities of chocolate. Really, really large quantities of chocolate. But um, I would like to assure you all that we do study the Bible when we go out. That's what's called Bible class. And in Sunday Club, they do that as well. In fact, we're going through the book of Mark at the moment. And one of the things that we, we do is we, we encourage our young people to read the Bible during the week and to pray. And in the light of that, um, we give them their own Bible. And um, there is a youth Bible, which is very appropriate and uh, has some lovely pictures in it. Okay, um, the first name I have, uh, we have a P1 this year who's called Jamie Gibson. Is Jamie here this morning? Give him a round of applause. Come on, Come on Jamie. Okay. Do you want to come up? Or? Yeah, he's going to come up. Good man, Jamie. There you go. Happy reading. Okay. Okay. Well done. You take... Take him off. Okay. Okay. No refunds. Um... Our next uh, person is, is a young person, is Sam Priestley. Um, Sam comes every week, but he's just WhatsApp me this morning to say he's not well. Oh, okay. So I'll get that one to him. Uh, best wishes to Sam. And we also have one for uh, Poppy Graham. Poppy here. Poppy. That's great. And we also have one for Daniel Wilson. Daniel, Daniel is Morel's great-grandson, is that right? Got that right? We, we have two more. We have one for uh, Daisy Blair and her friend uh, Mia Johnson, they come to Youth Fellowship. I think they're actually at Donica D this morning. Okay. But again, I will get those through to them. Thank you very much. And as always, if I have I've got missed one this morning, if I've missed anybody this morning, um, please see me afterwards and give me their name and I'll make sure they get a Bible. Okay, thank you so much. Okay, thank you, Michael. Now, Ben, I'm going to call Ben. Ben's going to come. Ben's going to come and quiz with you. He's going to come and do a quiz, so you have to be a wee bit quiet to hear the questions so that your team can win, okay? Uh, no. Oh, sorry. 
No, well, Mark actually got it slightly wrong because I'm not just doing any quiz. I'm doing the greatest quiz you've ever seen because we have prizes. Woo! So, in order to obtain this prize, you need to answer the questions correctly. And let's see if you've been listening because they're all Christmas-themed questions. Question number one. As silence plays, this is intense. Where was Jesus born? Jackson's hand first. Bethlehem. Okay, Jackson, you open one layer of that for me. Don't worry. A few people got to go. I'm making sure he's only opening one layer. Yeah, and you take that. Okay. Well done, Jackson. Question number two. And Jackson, you can't answer this one because you've answered the last one. No. And I'll give you, a, this is a harder one, but I'll give you a clue if you need. What was the name of the angel that appeared to both Mary and Joseph? Yes, Gabriel. No, you didn't. She got that all herself. Don't you take the glory. Okay, you open there. Yeah, very nice. There you go. All right, question number three. Uh, I decided to give multiple choice for this one because it's a bit difficult, but... So, that's not multiple choice. Only two out of the four Gospels tell us the Nativity story. Which two are they? Is it A, Matthew and Luke, B, Matthew and John, or C, Mark and Luke? So A, B, or C? Anyone guess? There's only one and three. No, it's not B. So it's either A or C. It's not C. <laughs> it's A, yes. <laughs> Glad you that. Well, let's see, will it be the bottom yet? Nope. We keep going. There we go. Oh, There's something there. there is something in there for you. There you go. All right. Question four. That would be a big book, Jackson. All right. Were the wise men from the north, south, east, or west? You've answered, Jackson. No. East, yes. Well done. Okay, let's see. We're getting near to the bottom. It is not a book. Ooh, still not at the bottom. Very nice. Yep. Okay, question five. Right. For what reason? Did Mary and Joseph have to go to Bethlehem? What was the reason? No, not the star. Jackson, you've answered. No, right. No. I'll give you his right. I'll give you his options. Was it A, because they wanted to go on a holiday? Was it B, because there was a census? Or was it C, because they got very lost going somewhere else? 
Yes, it's me. You come on up. It was a sense. Open up a layer. Let's see if it's the last one. Oh, it's not the last one. All right. I wonder, will this be the last question? So, what was the name? What was the name of the king who wanted Jesus dead? Woohoo. It begins with H and then has an E and then an R and then an Who said Herod? Was it you? No. Yes! Yes! <laughs> hey, you go, you open that. Let's see. You know what? Hey, she got it. Well done. You got our prize, our lovely. Make sure you share those with your parents. I'm sure they'll be thankful of that. <laughs> but don't worry. For, for those of you who didn't get a prize, come on up and you can get some sweets. Swap. You got one? Okay, thanks folks. Adults, there's plenty more where that came from afterwards, so Huh? Has anyone else not got sweeties? <laughs> oh apology. Uh, is that everyone? Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, thanks. Okay, uh, boys and girls, we're going to sing an absolute earworm, and you're going to love it. And it's got some cool action, so I want to see you move in.
thank you, Ben. Um, I'm going to ask Brian to come, and Brian Gartland's going to come and read for us John chapter 1, 11 to 14. John chapter 1, verses 11 to 14. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. Thank you, Brian. That must be amazing. That is, must be the best miracle ever, that God took on flesh and came down and walked on this earth. I've got another wee talk for you here. I'm sure you're wondering what this is. You're wondering what this is. Any ideas? What do you think's in there? A present. What type of present? A square present. A what present? A square present. A square present. <laughs> You're very safe, aren't you? Yeah. Big room. That's a good thing. A Christmas present. Right. Well, sometimes it's really hard to know what to get for Christmas because got so much stuff. How many, what, what do we need? What am I going to buy? I said that to my wife last year. I said, she said to me, just make it a surprise. Give me a surprise. So by three o'clock on Christmas morning, she was lying beside me and I turned around and went, <laughs> I just went, oh, what are you doing? Giving you a surprise. Merry Christmas. Is we're talking today about the best, God's greatest gift ever. God's greatest gift ever. And his name is, shout out, his name is Jesus. You're right. That's right. Now, it took 33 years altogether to unwrap the present, to unwrap Jesus. Now, listen to these wee stories. First of all, Mary is sitting in a stable with her son and there's these shepherds walk into the stable and they start to tell their story that they were out after their sheep and suddenly the sky was lit up with angels and glory to God and worship in the highest and they told where to go, they told the shepherds where to go and Mary's just sitting there thinking what's going on, this is really really special and we're told that Mary puts it, ponders it in her heart and stores it away for a later time. She finds it away in her mind to remember, to make her, it's a little bit of the unwrapping of who Jesus really is. And then, see what Jesus is living? They all used to go to the Jerusalem every year. Thousands of people went to Jerusalem for the Passover. And often Jesus' parents would have gone there for the Passover. And one year, when Jesus was 11 years old, they were just heading home when somebody went, Where's Jesus? I don't know. I thought he was with you. No, I thought he was with you. No, I don't have... And they searched. And where do you think they found him? In the crazy. 
well done. Because when they found Jesus in the temple eventually, they were saying, what are you doing to us, Jesus? We have been worried sick about you. And Jesus turned around and said, did you not know that I would my father? And we're told in that gospel as well that Mary pondered this in her heart. She put it away, stored it away, and she thought about, this is someone incredibly special. He's being unwrapped just very gradually. And we see that throughout the gospels. For example, Paris was a synagogue leader. And as we saw her, she was Jesus. And when he found him, he said, Jesus in my house, my wee daughter I fear she's dying, she's so ill, and she says no problem, just lead the way and as they were heading back to the house, the servant of, the, that, of Jairus came and said, listen you're the master because, I'm sorry but your wee daughter has died and Jesus turned around and said don't worry Jairus just believe and they went to the house and there were people crying and weeping and Jesus got them all out of the way and he went in and he went over to the wee girl he said an Aramaic phrase it's Talitha Kuma he was fine and Jesus took her in his arms brought her over to her mum and said something to eat so not actually raised someone from the dead a little more unwrapping about who Jesus was now I'm sure you know this story that a few weeks ago where the disciples of Jesus they were all in a boat came and Jesus and the waves were hitting all over the disciples, they were smashing on the disciples and they were trying to bail out the water and they couldn't do it. There was too much water coming in and they waken up Jesus and say to Jesus, do you not care? Something about this. You can't just lie there and sleep. And Jesus got up and he said, be quiet to the wind and the waves. And there was complete calm. And the disciples scratched their heads and said, who is this man that even the wind and the waves listen to him and obey him? A little bit more of the unwrap of who Jesus was. Now, here's the man, you'll know this man from the New Testament. This man had been blind from birth. And how awful it must be to be blind. Yes, Jackson. Brilliant, brilliant. Jesus came over to him and he had never been able to see. All his friends had grown up playing football and different things and he could never see to play. And Jesus went over and he spat in the mud and he lifted the mud and he mixed it in his hands. Really weird thing to do. And he put it on that man's eyes and the man regained his sight. How exciting for that man. And people are standing there thinking, goodness, never seen anything like this before. Who is this man? But Jesus, over his life, was all about who he was. Not just an ordinary human being, 
but that he was in fact the Son of God. And on the cross, the Roman centurion at the foot of Jesus' cross, looking after the crucifixions that day. Crucifixions would have happened most days with criminals. And Jesus, the Roman centurion, was looking after them this day. And he looked at Jesus and he probably heard some Jesus said. Things like, on the cross today, you'll be with me in paradise. And also hearing him whisper, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. This man had never, ever, ever in all his experience seen anyone like this or heard anyone like this. And you know what he said? Truly, this is, this man was the son of God. But you know what, boys and girls, the full unwrapping came three days later when Jesus walked out of the tomb and the gift was fully unwrapped. Who has ever done this before? No one. Who is he? He's the Christ. He's the one we've been waiting for. He's the son of the living God. Amazing. So you see, 33 years to unwrap the best gift that God ever give us. The best gift is Jesus Christ. And that's what we celebrate this Christmas. We celebrate the breaking of the silence of the Word of God with a baby. And we see that gift gradually unwrapped, unwrapped, unwrapped. Truly this man was the Son of God. Alright, so what we're going to do um, is we're going to sing a beautiful, it's a quieter song, this one. And it's one of my favourite carols, Away in a Manger. No, no crib for his bed. Okay, Away in the Manger.
would ask Terry now to come and read our next uh, passage for us, which is 1 John chapter 5, verses 11 to 12. Good morning. This is what God told us. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life, but whoever does not have the Son does not have life. Amen. Thank you, Terry. Thank you. Kev, one one more talk for you. I want to tell you a story about one of the richest art dealers, art collectors in the whole world. And he had around his house millions of pounds worth of artwork. Millions. And he always kept his favourite painting hanging above the fireplace, above the hearth. He also had a son, and a son of the art business as well. But then the Second World War hit, and his son had to go join the army. And a couple of months later, His father, this art collector, received a telegram to say, we regret to inform you, but your son has been killed in action. And the father was absolutely devastated. And he hardly ever would go out. He closed the curtains. He stayed in. He never went anywhere. He just was so heartbroken about his son. On Christmas Day following year he got a knock on the door and he went and answered the door and there was a young man with an army uniform on and he said excuse me sir sorry bothering you on Christmas day but I am your son's best friend and in fact I just wanted to come and tell you that your son saved my life And he was killed, saving my life and several other soldiers' lives. You should be very proud of him. And the man was, the father started to cry. And the son said, I know that you're an art collector. He said, sir, I don't do any pictures like you're used to. But he says, I've got this painting. I'm not very good at painting but I painted a picture of your son. So we unwrapped it and he took it out and he gave it to the father and the father was in tears and the father took this most precious painting off, off the top of the hearth and he put the picture of his son and he loved it. It wasn't a great painting, but he loved it and he sat there sometimes for hours just looking at it. Well, a number of months later, the father died. And it was time for to sell all of his paintings. All of these millions of pounds worth of paintings were to be sold. And so the father had left on his will, I want the auction to take place on Christmas Day. Because that's when I received this picture of my son. So reporters came, journalists came, Photographers came, 
art dealers from all over the world came that Christmas morning. And the auctioneer got up and said, it's in the Father's will that the first painting to be sold is to be the picture of his son. And people were going, oh, for goodness sake, it's rubbish. And they were shouting, you brought us here on Christmas Day away from our families to buy a stupid picture like this. It's not worth anything. Well, there was a wee friend from down the road who had grown up with his son. And he put his hand up and he said, sir, he says, I don't have much money. I'll give you a fiver for it. And I said, that's grand. He said, then any higher bids? Are there going to be any higher bids than that? No, then it's going, going, gone. Right, you receive the picture of the sun. And then the auctioneer got his hammer and he banged. He said, I now declare this auction closed, finished. And the reporters and the photographers and the art dealers were nearly fighting. They were ripping. They were so, so angry. What are you doing? He says, I have it here on good authority in the will of the Father that he who gets the son's picture gets everything. The millions and pounds worth. So this wee boy had bought this picture at five pounds and he got all the famous artwork that this man owned, millions and millions of pounds. You know, boys, it reminds me of a verse, the verse that Terry just read. Let me read it to you again. John writes in his first letter, and this is a testimony. God has given us eternal life, and his life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. You see, our faith isn't about a religion. It's not about a load of words and doctrines. It's about that man there, Jesus. A relationship with Jesus. That's what it's about. And here John says, he who has the Son it's everything that God has promised you. He who has a relationship with Christ gets everything that God has promised you, even eternal life. Incredible, isn't it? So that's why every week we'll teach the scriptures in this church that the scriptures might lead people into that relationship with Jesus Christ. It's a relationship, it's not a religion. And he who has him, he has life in his heart, has everything that God uh, has promised. Now you've been very good about this present. I'm sure you're wondering what's in it. Well, anybody want to open it? <laughs> Would you like to open it? You come and, come and open it. You've my permission, you can rip all the paper off and everything. Somebody want to help her? Right, Jackson, you come. Right, here. Oh, a box. It's a box. box. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. Now, let's see. Just this bit open, see what's in it. Hold on. Who said it was a big Rubik cube? A big Rubik cube. You sticking that? You sticking by that? Okay. Find something. That's right. Boys and girls, I hope you have the really do. I hope you get some lovely things you can play with and be so happy about. But the reason, but the thing, thing about it is, no matter what you get, no matter what you get in this life, and this life has got a lot of nice things to offer, but it's only very small in comparison to what God gave us, given us Jesus, his son, who went then and died in our place so that we could have life in him and eternal life. He who has the Son has everything that God offers, including eternal life. Isn't it great? So, I'll have a good cup of tea in that afterwards. But listen, you have been, you have been very, very good. And uh, let me get you some wee things here. Just, just want to come up a wee minute. You want to come up? Okay, so the wee young ones first, right? There. There you go. You have that. There you go. There you go. Oh, hey. We've got a bigger one for you. There you go. And any more wee ones? There we go. Two more wee ones. Any more wee ones? There you go. Okay. There you go. Uh, some of the bigger ones? There you go. Oops, sorry. There you go. There you go. Are there, are there any, is there anyone that hasn't got something there? Yes, come on, Ed. There you go. And there you go. Okay. Oh. Is that everyone? <laughs> okay, well, if I've missed anyone out, uh, please just come up and, and take something here. Okay. So. I've lost me. There it is. We're going to finish our service this morning with Hark the Herald Angels Sing, a good, la a good loud one to finish off the service. Let's stand and sing.
Can I just remind you too about prayer space? Something after the Christmas tree weekend, we're hoping to turn this place into a prayer space for the children of Kilmean Primary School. And they'll be from P2 to P7, and they'll be coming over four days that week to learn a wee bit about prayer and to do some exercises about prayer. And uh, so please, if you have any time that week to spare, if you'd like to help with us, would really, uh, would really appreciate it. Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.